What up? Welcome back to the Stellar Stellar Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Mason Boyd, joined as always by Glenninos. Junior! And that's it, because Matt's not here today. So I just called Matt. What the fuck? Yeah, Susan's not here today. Our permanent guest on the 50th, I repeat, 5-0, 50th episode of Stellar Stellar. It's kind of crazy. It is kind of crazy. Just think about it this way. We put out 50 episodes faster than, uh, here's an ESPN stat for you, Seller Seller Podcast put out 50 episodes faster than the NFL put out 50 Super Bowls. Think about that. So you're saying we can compete with the NFL. Yeah. But we can't compete with the XFL. No. Did you see the new jerseys that came out? No, I didn't. They look nice. I'm going to look them up right now. My Renegades got some, uh... Some motherfucking Renegades? They got some, uh, they got some fresh... Unis. <clears throat> but it is the 50th episode. Hi, Chels. Hey. <laughs> hi, Chels. It's the 50th episode. You can at least say hi and be a guest for a little bit. I don't want to throw out my trash too loud. Alright. Then you might want to keep it down. <laughs> Thanks, Chels. Love you. Ooh, these are these are pretty clean. They are. I like these. But it's not time for the XFL yet. Yeah, you're right. It's time for the NFL. More importantly, it's time for the fantasy playoffs. Can't relate. Again. I'll for, tell you what. For like the fourth year in a row. I'll tell you what. This past weekend. <sighs> this past weekend was like... I experienced like peak depression and peak euphoria at the same time. Yeah. Because like... After we recorded, the next day was Thursday, Thanksgiving, and I made the split decision late Wednesday night to sit Kenny Galladay against the Bears defense. Oh, yeah. And what did Kenny Galladay do? Oh, he had a fucking day. He had a fucking day. He indeed had a day. 23 points on my bench. I was sitting at my aunt's house watching the games, and obviously we had to record the night before, and you had told me and Sousa that you were suggesting... That you were thinking about sitting Kenny Galladay. And, and neither of you talked me out of it. Well, you seemed pretty hell-bent on doing so. And honestly, in your position, I probably would have done the same thing. Mm. Which makes me also stupid, I guess. Yeah, that makes me feel worse, actually, <laughs> that you said that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, but yeah, and then I was sitting, I was having some uh, having some turkey, and I was watching the game, and I was like, oh, who's your score? I was like, oh, Kenny Galladay. And I looked, and I was like, oh, my God, that's right. Glenn didn't start him. Nope. 75-yard touchdown. And uh, I was on my bench. Yeah, well, because obviously I have Marvin Jones. So every single time that Marvin Jones didn't catch a pass, it was usually Kenny Galladay. And I was like, stop throwing to Kenny Galladay. And then I was like, oh, wait, Glenn didn't start him. Yep. So here's the thing. I needed to win to get into the playoffs. I had to beat my arch nemesis, my own father. Or I needed you to beat Brendan and Gomes to beat Amaral. And one of the two happened, Mason. Yeah, I know. I dropped the ball. It's okay. Because James White picked up the ball. Merry Christmas. Oh, wow. Thanks. Chelsea just gave me change. See, it would have been better if this was 50 cents, Chelsea, because it's our 50th episode. But I'll take 27 cents. Yeah, you missed. Or actually, 37 cents. 13 episodes too late. Oh, well. What was I saying? Uh, James White. Like I said, you dropped the ball not beating Brandon, but that's okay because James White picked up the ball. And he picked up the ball and he put the ball in the end zone twice. Yeah. 
And I, I don't want to, you know, foreshadow my stellar star of the week. But James fucking White is the stellar star of the week. <laughs> Hold on. I just want to read the text chain. I, already, I know I already sent this to you, but just in case anybody else hasn't heard it. Yeah, sure. So, me and Brendan were talking yesterday, and... Uh, he texted me and said, so well, mate... Hold on, let's give, let's give the listeners a little context here. So I had to lose, and Brendan had to win, and Amaral had to lose in order for Brendan to get in. Yeah, so basically, he needed a lot of things to go right. He yeah. needed two people to win, or two people to lose, and for him to win. And one of them lost. Amaral lost to Gomes, the worst yeah. you know guy in our league right now. And then I had to lose, and I was on the verge of losing, and... James White pulled his pants down. Yeah, yeah, he did. Which we'll get to in one second. Okay, go ahead. Because uh, ben, Brendan texted me and said, So, Mason, how do you feel you couldn't spoil my season by yourself? But it was a goddamn Patriot that did it. And I said, it's not the same. I was like, I wanted to personally piss on the ashes of your season. But instead, James White pissed on your grave, and I aimed his dick. Yeah. And then he said, fuck off. And I said, come on, that was a good analogy. And he said, yeah, no, seriously, great piss on grave analogy, obviously. Because he was angry. Just for <clears throat> for a little bit of context behind that, the reason why, I, I don't know if I said this on the last podcast, but the reason why I wanted to beat Brendan so bad is because last season in Craig's League, I needed to win to get into the playoffs, and Brendan had the worst team in the league. I think he was like 2-11, and uh, 11, and one of those wins was against me in the last week of the season to forbid me from going to the playoffs. And I was sad. That sucks. So I was pissed off about that, but fuck off, Brendan. Now you now you're in the playoffs. How does it feel? Feels good. Yeah. I mean, like the thing is, like I made the playoffs. That's cool. But it feels even better knowing that Brendan didn't make the playoffs. <laughs> right, Charles? Right. Yeah. Right. So um, so yeah, it's playoff time, and we're gonna skip the news today because Susan isn't here. Yeah. And, what kind of uh, what kind of guess is that, dude? Permanent guest. Yeah. Doesn't show up for the 50th episode. Doesn't even show up for the 50th episode. That'd be like Roger Goodell not showing up for the 50th Super Bowl. Yeah. That'd be like... Actually, no. Susan's not as good as Roger Goodell. No, he's not. Uh, That'd be like... Who was in Super Bowl 50? Wasn't it the Broncos and Panthers? Yeah. That'd be like Cam Newton not showing up. Not oh, as, wait. He's not as good as Cam he Newton. He didn't. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. I see what you did there. Um, but it's playoff time now. And we're moving on to week 14. Yeah, I'll let, I'll let you handle the talking here for the playoffs. Cause... And the thing is, it's not even that Suzu didn't show up to the 50th episode. He didn't show up to this week's episode in a week where I'm facing him. Oh, yeah, that's awesome. In the first round of the playoffs. That's awesome. You guys get to play each other. Yeah, so um, one of us is going home. And <laughs> it ain't going to be me. It's going to be interesting to see. Who do you think? All right. First of all, I'm asking you two questions. One, who do you think is going to win? And two, who do you want to win? And I want you to be honest. And I don't want to give me give me any you know PC answer because I'm sitting right in front of you and I'll punch you in the face if you give the wrong answer. But No, honestly, I mean this completely honestly. I'm fine with either of you winning. Both of you are my good friends. And honestly, I don't mind if you win the league. I know I know. Uh, we always bust Suze's balls about how, like, he comes off as like a pr- like a condescending prick about his fantasy football knowledge, but it's really not that bad. Eh. The only thing that was ridiculous was the tight end thing that he said that one time, which we still have not let him live that down because it second was so asinine. So the thing is, basically, you just gotta know that yeah. second year tight end. But it's not even the fact that he said it; it's the fact the way that he said it. He wasn't like, "Oh well, dude, you know, like second year tight ends actually, if you statistically look, like they're you know they're better." He was like, 
uh, second-year tight end, dude. Like, oh, sorry, Souza. I was supposed to fucking know that. Be like, you know, sky's blue, grass is green, second-year tight ends are nasty. Little fucking common knowledge. Yeah. But anyway. See, it's knowledge like that that got Souza three division titles. I'll be honest. Like, I'm fine with either of you guys winning. Honestly, here's the thing. So, basically, I just don't want Panacho or Craig to win. That's it. And one of them won't. I, well, see, here's the thing. I want... <laughs> I know Panache is going to listen to this. I want him out of the playoffs first wow. because then I don't have to listen to his fucking reverse psychology bullshit every week in our fantasy football team. Oh, dude, already fucking lost. Zeke trimmed one of his fucking pubes wrong. Fucking suck a dick, Panacho, with that shit. And then Craig doesn't deserve to win because he's only been in our league for one year. That's a good point. So. You gotta pay your dues. You gotta pay your dues. So that's the other side of the bracket. We got uh, Craig going up against Panacho, which is, it's it's like, uh, oh, you love to see him. <laughs> because I know somebody, if like like Panacho said this too, if he loses, somebody else like me or Susan will face his pain as well. But the thing is, like, with Panacho and Craig, it's so much better because all year it's just been annoyingness, either in reverse psychology or shit-talking or bullshit luck from the Patriots' defense. Or Craig complaining about his kicker when his defense gets him fucking 50 points every week. Yeah, and the thing is, it's tough, man. It's really tough. I respect Panacho a lot in fantasy. And obviously, you know, he's a shit talker, but it comes with it. We're all shit talkers. But Panacho always goes the extra mile to talk shit. Yeah, but then he, you yeah, but you can't talk shit and then do and a then do reverse, reverse psychology. psychology. Yeah, exactly. So that's annoying. So you gotta put your me- shit on the table and then deal with it when you fucking. That's why, whenever I insult someone, it always blows up in my face. Yeah. But I but I do. live with that. Yeah. I learned to live with it. Yeah, you live in <laughs> that's that. what happens. Exactly. Uh, so yeah, part of me wants Panache to lose for that reason, but a, a really really big part of me wants Craig to have a <laughs> nice slice of humble pie with a first round exit from Panacho. I can already see. I can already hear Craig and Panacho tomorrow fucking listening to the shit, fucking violently typing on their phones into the group chat and be like, dude, go fuck yourself. Panacho's going to say something like, yeah, dude, come talk to me when you make the fucking playoffs for the first time in five years, bro. Oh, suck my dick. Now, the thing is, like I said, you know, it's tough. I, I really, I don't know who I want to win. I wish both people could lose, but obviously that can't happen. <laughs> yeah, both of them are disqualified. That person who would normally face them just gets a bye. I don't know. It would be funny. Who's the other game? It's uh, Jake and, and Jake. And my dad. Oh, Jake, Jake and my dad, and then Chris and Jake Aronson. Oh, that's right. Okay. Those are good games, too. Yeah. See? Like I said in the chat, I said, Chris, you know, like, he's probably the most... Well-educated, dedicated fantasy girl there is in our league. Mm. And then Jake Aronson, who only checks his team once every three years. <laughs> so, that's Which, that. you know, if he checked his team every year, his team would be consistently good. Yeah, but it's, but it's not. Good. But it's not, because usually when he is good, he has a great season. Like, this year, I believe he went, what? Was it 10-3? and three? Yeah, I think so. And uh, he's, you know, got a great team. But how does that usually pan out? Usually he loses in the first round. Kind of like the person you're playing. Yeah, but see, the thing is, Sousa's actually, well, yeah, that's true. Sousa's made it, I think, past the first round a couple times. No, once. twice. I thought it was once. It was the first year we played, he made it to the semifinals, lost to my dad. And then the, and then the year he faced the you. The second year that I was in the league. Yeah, and then the year he faced you in I the, came the in third, third place. Yeah, yeah, and you won that, so congratulations. Yeah, thank you. Uh, Which means I, I have more fantasy success than Sousa does. I made it farther than him. Yeah, that, that, that might be uh, true, and I think our listeners have voted on that. Yeah. That has, that has come to fruition, but... 
Um, but yeah, Jake Anson, like I said, once every three years, that's cool. And then he <laughs> gets, cool. and then he gets, you know, knocked out of the first round. And I'm pretty sure I, I'm two and zero myself against Jake Aaronson in the playoffs. <laughs> so that's fine. Uh, Chris, on the other hand, Chris is consistently he's kind of in it all the time. Either he's in it with like a mediocre team, or he's in it with a good team, or he just completely shit. Like the year his team. Yeah, hospital. I was gonna say he was really bad that year. But then again, his team was Team Hospital. Yeah. So which I could have changed my team name to this year also. Yeah, you could have. But Instead, he changes to some uh, anime bullshit. Yeah, and then Panacho changes to Johnson. Johnson, coincidentally, I started winning games. Yeah. So I, guess, last week. I guess uh, I shouldn't put my name as hentai anymore. So, no. you know. Nope. Well, what are you going to do? And then we got the number one seed, reigning two time champion, Jake Fryer, looking strong against a guy who backed his way into the playoffs, my dad. Oh, you mean, you mean Jake Fryer? You mean Team Lamar Jackson? Team Lamar Jackson. Mixed with a little bit of Dalvin Cook. But Dalvin Cook. Didn't he get hurt? Yeah, yesterday? he got a little hurt. Mm, not good. Not good. Oh, but wait. He has his backup. Thanks, Souza. Yeah, but here's the thing. I like my dad's chances this week. And if we flip if we flip roles two years ago, my dad was 10-3, and three, and he was the number one seed. And, J- and he faced Jake as the eighth seed. And Jake had Todd Gurley. Oh, true. Go off. Yeah, that's right. So now, you know who blew off of my dad's team? <laughs> Derek oh motherfucking Henry. Mark this down right now. If Derek Henry gets like 30 points this week, I will buy a Derek Henry jersey. Damn, shake on it? On God. I will do it. Okay. I swear to God. I'll buy if, one. If he, if he contributes to my dad beating Jake... They have to buy a jersey. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Obviously, he's going to contribute if he gets more than, like, zero. No, but I'm saying, I don't know if I'm saying, like, if he gets 30, and then that's the reason that my dad... Oh, yeah, two. yeah. Like, if he wins by, like, two, and yeah. Derek Henry has, like, 30. Yeah, okay. That's yeah. fine. All right. Um, so that's happening, too. Uh, but it's, it's, it's probably the most exciting first round we've had in a while. Yeah, I was going to say, I feel, like, I feel like this year the teams are, like, relatively balanced. Where, like, I feel like past years we've had, like, the one seed be like very like like our, I feel like our league was like very top heavy where like the one and two seed were like exceptionally better teams than like the rest. But I mean, it's fantasy football, so anything can happen. Yeah. But I feel like um, the past few years, especially, I want to say, was it last year when Jake's team was the one seed? Mm, no. Jake was seven and six last year. There was one. <sighs> but he had a good team. Oh, because I think he he uh he like acquired some of his team through trades. His record might not have shown it, no, but, but yeah, his team he, was yeah. like nasty. Yeah, it was. You know what I mean? Where so I feel like there's like certain years where like you have like teams where you're like, wow, this this guy is probably gonna win the league. But I don't feel like that this year. I feel like everyone has like a pretty equal chance for the most part. Besides Souza. Look, man. As much as I want to poop on Souza. I mean, his his team has been good. Or I should say, Josh Allen, much to the chagrin of Craig, has been good. Yes. Like, really good. He stopped turning the ball over somehow, like miraculously, and now he's actually decent. Here's the know. thing. Here's the thing, and I want to bring this up real quick. I've said this to Souza, and I'll say it again. All the pressure right here is on Matt Souza this week. He's a three-time division winner. Mm. How many times are you going to win the division, have the best record in the East, and then get bounced in the first round and not have anything to show for it besides a certificate mm. hanging on your wall. I technically 
Without James White, I shouldn't be in the playoffs. And you know my ups and downs I've had this year between Keenan Allen getting 37 points, Vance McDonald getting two touchdowns against me, Michael Thomas and Aaron Jones running a train on my ass. But none of that matters now. None of that matters because I am in. And I am in it to win it. And if I have to go through Sousa, my best good friend, I will. Yeah. Sousa has everything to lose, and I have everything to gain. I've tasted the championship before. I've been back to the championship and lost. But you you grow stronger with the hard losses. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I'm ready to get back to the top of the mountain. And the thing is, James White got 33 points last week. I'm not saying he's going to do that again. But somebody might. Yeah. Could be Todd Gurley. Could be Mark Ingram. Could be Kenny Galladay. Could be Michael Gallup. Could be Dak Prescott. Could be Travis Kelsey. Souza, if you are listening, don't be scared. It's going to be one week, and you're going to be in and out of the playoffs, like always. And then that will be that. <laughs> yeah. I mean... And then Mason... I just got to win this week. You just got to win this week. And then, no toilet. And no toilet? No toilet. For two years in a row. That's pretty impressive. That's a streak. <laughs> That's a streak. That's I'm a on streak. the uptrend. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Christ, man. With that being said, let's move on to Stellar Stars of the Week, brought to you by Reddit Rumble Vibrators. Finish the job that your man or woman started. 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 You want to go first? Uh, Yeah, I can go first. Right. So, here's the thing, man. Um, I didn't win last week. No. Okay, don't, please do not play fucking Matt Berry. Thank you. So I didn't win last week. However, I came damn close. And that was because of an outstanding performance from someone who, let me tell you, he's nice. Darius Geis is nice. Wait, 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 wait. Are you telling me the Geis... Is nice. Geis is nice, bro. How nice was he? Oh, you want to know how nice? How nice? He had 10 rushing attempts for 129 yards and two TDs. Two TDs. And also two catches for eight yards. That's pretty good. It's pretty fucking good. Finishing. That's very good. With a grand total of 26.7 fantasy football points. Did anyone expect this? Nope. Yes. Oh. Me. That's why I kept him on my (laughs) roster. Yeah, I gotta say, you know, we'll see if it works out for you in the consolation lineup. Probably not. But, uh... Watch, he'll put up, up like, two points next three weeks so I win the toilet. That's what's gonna happen. I was gonna say, if if there's any, you know, repeat showing of last week, then you got a good chance, but... I don't know. Well, I can't count on David Johnson, because he's fucking riding pine while Kenyon Drake is getting all the fucking carries. So, you know. Yeah. Uh, My stellar star of the week... It's you know who it is. It's slipping Jimmy. Slipping Jimmy, dude. It's, it's James White. <laughs> so coming off a week against Dallas at home, where I thought would be a week that he goes off because I didn't think Dallas could cover uh, receiving running backs, especially in the screen game. He gets point four points in uh, against Dallas. Mm. So now here I am on Sunday night with my last gas of beer, going up against Deshaun Watson and Will Fuller. What does James White do? Deshaun Watson actually was the number one quarterback this week. I don't know if you knew that. 
I did not know that, actually. But James White outscored Deshaun Watson <laughs> and Will Fuller combined. He had 14 carries. First time he had double-digit carries all year. For 79 yards. And you're like, okay, you know, that's decent. But he had eight receptions. Ooh. 98 yards receiving. And a beautiful pair of big, huge, enormous, gigantic, voluptuous. Holy t- shit. TDs. Damn. And Damn. That correlates to 33.7 points and half point PPR. Woo! Which um, got me into the playoffs. Yeah. And uh, it was well worth the trade I made for James White earlier in the season. Hmm. Uh, because I trade fuck Brendan not only this week but in prior week. As yeah, well. that's crazy. <laughs> Big brain moves. Galaxy brain. Um, James White, my stellar star of the week, and um, well, so those are stellar stars of the week. Brought to you by Raider Rumble Vibrators. Finished the job that your man started. But I want to transition from James White to talking about the New England Patriots. Yeah, actually. good segue. I was going to say the same thing. Good. So, can you tell me why James White did so successful? Why he was so successful? Yes. Man, see, here's the thing. I think, well, the thing is, is that James White scored a lot of his touchdowns when the game was relatively out of reach for the Patriots. I turned the game off after the Texans scored at the end of the third quarter, put it 28-9, to nine. I was like, this game's done. Was that the um, Hopkins pass play? No. The, uh, to Watson? No, it was the one where uh, Watson threw it deep to, oh, uh, to Kenny Stills. Uh, Kenny uh, funny, uh, I was like, I'm gonna cut you off before that because a play right before that, Deshaun Watson threw it deep to Wolf Fuller. I saw that, yeah. <laughs> and he dropped it, and that could have been the dagger. Yeah, they called it a season. touchdown, though. Yeah, and then they were. And I was like, oh, I was like, oh my god, and I was like, oh, I don't know if that's. It was close. It was really close, <laughs> dude. I was surprised they overturned it. Me too. When I saw, it, and then the next play didn't even matter. I was like, okay, they got another <laughs> chance. Next play didn't even matter. I was like, fuck off, dude. I don't know. So, uh, I don't. I think the thing was the. The reason why James White had success in that game is I think we had a case of, you know, we have garbage time Matt Ryan. We had a case of garbage time Tom Brady and garbage time James White. We did. I think that's why he had success in that game. Um, but do you know why he's out there as far as out snapping uh, the other running backs on the field and getting uh, probably the most touches of the night, I'd say? Because the run game sucks. So that's one reason. <laughs> I'm going to say it's this. James White is one of two people that Tom Brady trusts in that New England Patriots offense. Yeah. The other one? Julian Edelman. Super Bowl MVP, Julian Edelman. When you lose Gronk, the greatest tight end of all time, and your only receiving weapon that lines up on the outside is Julian Edelman, he's going to get double teamed. James White coming out of the backfield, not in on every down, but he gets usage when he comes in. Tom Brady has absolute zero trust in wide receivers not named Julian Edelman. Mm-hmm. Yep, I agree. Do you know why? Uh, I think there is a, a plethora of reasons why. I mean, before we do this, are you what what side are you taking here? Before we debate this, I'm not taking a side because I think the more I think about it, I think. The problem with the Patriots' offense is an amalgamation of a bunch of different problems. 
Okay. So, number one, the, the, the problem with a situation like this, too, is that, like, you know how Patriots fans are, and they're either going to be Brady or Belichick. You know what I'm saying? They're either going to be apologists for one or one of the two sides. So, I think it's a mixture of both. So, there, like, are just so many problems that the Patriots have where, like, Brady doesn't trust the young wide receivers, and at the same time, he has to work with them and be patient. But at this, again, it's hard for him because, in his mind, he's been doing the same thing in the same playbook for almost twenty years now, and it's hard. I I would assume it's it would be annoying for I think anybody if you're doing your job for such a long period of time and doing to, it at a high level at, at a high level. For, like, people to come in and you to, like, try and communicate with them and them just not get it, I'm, I understand that's extremely frustrating. But at the same time, I feel like Brady can't just throw up his hands and say, fuck it, I can't do this anymore. Because he has to work with what he has. And then that leads to a different problem where I just think from the jump, the Patriots did not prepare in the offseason enough to compliment Brady with weapons. Because, I mean, listen, I know I said a few weeks back something that was absolutely a heinous crime about how Brady is falling off. In and I still, I still believe that. He's fifth in passing yards, by the way, in the league. That's crazy. Mm. I, still, I still believe that he is falling off a little bit. I don't, I don't mean it in the sense that he, like, I know I was, I was, I said, I'm pretty sure I said he sucks. But, like. You said he's in decline. Well, he is, but I mean, it's not in the sense... That I don't mean that in the connotation that, like, he fucking blows now. I mean, obviously, he's going to be in decline. It's just, like, a fact of, like, nature. He is not going to be able to perform at the level that he was performing at because he's he's older. But I think the problem is, is that the Patriots didn't acknowledge the fact that they have, they have to give him better weapons in order to compensate for that. Because Brady... Of course he's not going to look like he did in 2014. It's been five years, okay? Yep. Like, you have to account for that. And you have, to, you, have to, you have to look also at the fact that Rob Gronkowski, I don't think gets enough blame for the fact that he ba- basically held the Pagers over a barrel for the entire offseason with his retirement shit. And it fucked them at the draft because they didn't know whether they were supposed to take a tight end to replace him or something. you Like, tight end has been such an instrumental part of the Patriots' offense for the past Almost decade. Almost decade, since 2011. Yeah. You know what I mean? Even go, But even before that, even going as far back as Ben Watson, yeah. you know what I mean, before Gronk and, and Hernandez were there. But, I mean, the tight end has always been an instrumental part of their offense since they've, in, in this decade anyway, since they've had, like, a lot of success. And basically, Bel- Belichick just went into the season and said, well, uh, we don't have a tight end now. Go nuts, Tom. And I think defenses now and coaches are starting to realize how to play the Patriots on offense. You double Julian Edelman or jam him at the line. You play man. And then you hope that you're, you, you, can stick a cor- you can stick actually stick a cornerback to watch James White because the other wide receivers can't get separation. You know what I mean? Texans did that in the first half, and James White really didn't do anything. 
That's what I'm saying. I feel like they kind of got a little bit lackadaisical in the second half. Yeah, because they were up by, you know, three up, Yeah, they were up by three that, that led to James Wynn's success, but Brady was just, like, he remained on the field. They didn't bring out Burkhead. They didn't bring out Sonny Michelle. Yeah. Sonny Michelle had one good drive, and then after that, they just didn't use him. Yeah, I don't I don't know. It's it's weird. But, I mean, like, like I said, it's just like a combination of a bunch of different things for their offense to be, like, where it is right now. And people are having, having problems. Like, I, I feel like... It, the season always kind of does the same thing where people go, uh, like, the Pages get a lot of leeway with, like, how they play and how they perform during the season because they've had such a, a long period of sustained success. Whereas, like, you know, like, the first, like, seven, eight weeks of the season when the offense wasn't looking that good, they were like, everyone was like, oh, they'll figure it out, they'll figure it out, they'll figure it out. But now... There's only, what, four weeks left in the season, and the Patriots' offense still looks like garbage. Mm. You know what I mean? So now people are, like, trying to figure out, like, who to blame. And, I mean, like I said, I think I put it more so on Belichick than Brady. And, and like, people will say, like, oh, well, what about the years... Uh, like 06 and 09 when Brady turned people who were bums into great receivers. When, when he was in the prime of Exactly. His life. He wasn't fucking yeah. 42 years old. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think Brady is still a perfectly capable quarterback. But there's also a part of me that wonders if he's like. Because obviously we've seen it all season long. Even after the Patriots win, Tom Brady is pissed because the offense looks like absolute shit. The Eagles game was a key example yeah. of that. And the uh, the Bills, Bills earlier in the season yeah. when they won, like they squeaked out a game because their defense and Tom Brady looked like someone just fucking killed his dog in front of him at the, at the podium, you know. And I I think it has something to do with uh, uh, I think Tom Curran actually released an article today saying like basically it's like, it was like an opinion piece, but it was like an informed opinion piece saying like he's like very sure and Tom Curran's like very locked in like Brady's camp and he was like yeah uh, Brady's basically gone. <clears throat> after the season. Whether it's to another team or retirement, no one knows. But I think he could be playing this up to like other teams being like, listen, like, what the fuck? Look at these shit bums I have around me. You know what I mean? Like, if he's still... Because, you know, <laughs> like, he's technically in a contract year. So obviously he wants to put up good numbers so he can go theoretically get paid somewhere else if the Patriots aren't going to give him the money. Which they won't. Which, yeah, I know. They're not. They're not going to. They're probably going to do the same thing that they've done with Hightower and they did with McCordy a while back and they did with Edelman where it's go check out the market. It's not going to be what they expect. And then they're going to come back and they're going to sign a deal. And that's probably what's going to happen. Or it, I don't know. That's probably not going to happen Brady. Some team is going to get stupid and overpay the shit out of him. Probably like the Chargers or something. Yeah, the players that you just mentioned, McCordy, Hightower, they're great players. We're talking about the greatest of all Yeah, time. I know. That's <laughs> no, what I'm saying. Brady. That's what I'm saying. So you know some team would be willing to pay top dollar for a 43-year-old quarterback. Oh, yeah, 100%. I'm going to uh, I'm gonna say my piece on it. I think you brought up a lot of good points, and I think you're right. Um, it starts with Bill Belichick. Losing Gronk in the offseason and not finding a viable replacement for him um, is huge to even the great Tom Brady, who is 42 years old. But like you said, at 42 years old, he's not going to be able to do what he did in 07 to 09, mm-hmm. whatever. Um, Brady, and this is what makes Brady so good and he's so smart, most of his incompletions this year are throwaways or incomplete passes to the dirt or incomplete passes to the ground. One, 
because he doesn't have the trust in his wide receivers to throw the ball to somebody. Like, if you were just to throw the ball up to Nikhil Harry or uh, to Myers mm. or somebody else, because he doesn't want to take the chance of a mistake and getting an interception. That's the thing. Like, usually Brady's interceptions are, like, just bad throws. That, yeah. like, he'll miss somebody. Mm. He'll never, like force the ball into somebody in double coverage unless he has that trust in somebody like Edelman or Gronk, you know, whoever. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw a video on Twitter after this Houston Texans loss that they just had where a guy breaks it down a video. I think it was in the second half the Patriots had the ball. You're talking about the, yes. the double pump? Yeah, yes. I saw that too. So Tom Brady looks to his left. Philip Dorsett's lined up to the left. And uh, he's looking out, scanning over the defense. Calls a hot route to Philip Dorsett, gives him uh, the gun symbol, like a double pump gun, which is supposed to be uh, a stop and go, out and up, if you will. So Dorsett looks at Brady, gets the signal. Brady hikes the ball, throws the ball to where Dorsett should be on the out and up, but instead Dorsett is still on the out. Like, just standing there. So the ball sails 20 yards down the field. Mm -hmm. Patriots end up getting off the field and go back to the sidelines. Video shows Tom Brady looking at the uh, Etch-A-Sketch tablet with um, Josh McDaniels looking over the plays there. And he's telling him that he gave Philip Dorsett the double pump and that that's where he should have been. Josh McDaniels like, yeah, yeah. And you can, like, look at Brady's words in his mouth and says, I'm done with him. No, he says, he says... I'm done with this fucking guy. I can't do this. Yeah. Yeah. It was like, that's what I'm saying. Like, he just he just doesn't have, he, I don't think he has the talent. And I mean. But the thing is, too, like, and, you know, you brought up the point in the past, like, well, maybe, you know, you should be working with these guys in, like, OTAs and stuff like that. But for a guy like Philip Dorsett, who's been in the system for, like, five yeah, years. I know. I know. That's inexcusable. The Patriots are the epitome of do your job. And if you got the greatest quarterback of all time. Telling you that I'm fucking done with this guy after five years of being on this team? Yeah. What are you doing? I know. That's the thing. I, I like, I don't, like I said, I got, I got on him, I got on him earlier in the season just because he was, he was kind of pissing me off with the, with the talk about weapons and, and shit like that. And we saw like some flashes from some players, but I mean like at the end of the day, I feel like, man, because it's more prevalent now, especially because Houston played the Patriots perfectly on defense, and that's going to be a blueprint for teams going forward now. Because all you, all you have to do is man up, bump Edelman at the line, ruin the timing of the offense because their offense is based entirely on timing. Yep. If you ruin that timing, um, and then they're have, screwed. And you're, if you have guys who can get to Brady, yeah. Too, with but that, that was the thing too. That's always been the way to to beat their offense. Is you you play you man up and you bump people to the line. Even when Gronk was on the uh, was on the team, still, if you bumped Gronk at the line and like, you know, roughed him up at the line, the timing and rhythm of the offense was thrown off and they struggled. I mean, that's kind of how it's operated for the past few years. And then, I mean, there was there like in the thing is too is like it's obviously the receivers too because I think I saw I heard a stat somewhere that like Brady's average time of holding on to the ball is like higher than it's like ever been or it's like like one of the highest of his career like since a, a long time ago which shows that he's like very hesitant to throw the ball to those other guys and, 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 the, and the thing is too like I get he's a rookie 
But Akil Harry, like, he's a freak. Like, athletic freak. Yeah. And he's a guy, like, if you just took more chances with him and just threw the ball up to him in the red zone, I think he'll come down with some of them. But that's the thing. I feel like he... But we, we saw it, too, when we when we went to the Cowboys game, is that Brady doesn't have the trust, and I understand why, because he you have the opportunity where he he's a guy where, like you said, he can jump up and he can make a catch like a jump ball. But at the same time, he had that easy-ass fucking catch on the sideline where he literally just had to catch the ball and fall out of bounds. It wasn't even that hard of a catch. And he couldn't do it. It, it busted out of his, like, hit his chest and fucking went in the sidelines, like... You know what I mean, it, it has to be frustrating too because, like, what if, what if it hits a guy in the hands and it turns into an interception? You know, I think I think um, one of his interceptions was like that the other day, wasn't it? And it went off Jacoby Myers' hands yeah, yeah, yeah. and was an interception. You know what I mean? Uh, that has to be super frustrating. I mean, I understand why and, and he's you pissed. Got, and you, you know? got him. Uh, also, the clip of him yelling on the sideline. You know, we got to be be faster. We got to be. You know, you got to want him more. He's literally yelling at the sideline, saying, "We got to make better cuts. We got to do this, do that." Because it's like. It's not Patriot football. No. I mean, I don't... And at this point, I mean, there's not really anything they can do. You know what they could do? Sign back AB. Yeah. They're not going to do that. You know, you know. actually, I was uh, I was listening to Felgram Maz on the way here, and uh, Des Bryant posted a photo, kind of like Kyrie Irving did a few, like last week after the Celtics played the Nets. Oh, like a long... Yeah, kind of, about yeah. mental health and all that. Well, he didn't. It didn't say something about mental health. It said something about like <laughs> yeah, money just, in the business. Just Kyrie being a bitch. Des Des said something about like money in the business or something like that. And then someone commented and said, uh, "Are you coming? Are you coming to New England?" And then Des responded, "Maybe." LOL. So <laughs> I don't know, dude. Honestly. At this point, I take whatever help they can get. And would you be opposed to them resigning AB? Yes, I don't want AB on the team. I'm like I understand like people are like dude whatever bro like he's a scumbag I just like I don't I would not feel good like cheering if AB caught a touchdown in like the playoffs like that'd be gross I'd be like yes but you're also a fucking scumbag like you know what I mean like it's different for like people what, what you're saying is you put your morals before rooting for a sports team yeah I mean to an to an extent it depends what the the thing is I mean like. Yeah, I mean, you know, coming from a guy who had Greg Hardy on his team, obviously you don't want him on the team, but when he's wearing that uniform, you're going to cheer for him. Yeah, he gets a sack and you're like, oh, that's great, but I really don't like you. Oh, man. Um, Yeah, so that's that. They could re-sign AB. I don't think it's going to happen, though. Especially after all the shit that he said about Robert Kraft on Twitter and all that. I just don't think he's... You he posted? No. AB? You didn't see that? No. So, oh, I gotta show you. I'm just gonna. I, words can't describe it. I guess they could, but I'm gonna show you anyway. Um, it's Antonio Brown's Twitter, and he posted a video. This was two days ago. I think it was right after the Patriots' loss or on Sunday. Let me see if I can play this over again. This is a video of Antonio Brown highlights on the Patriots. To the tune of All I Want for Christmas is You by Mariah Carey. So, the one game he was on the fucking team? Yep. But all he wants for Christmas. This is ridiculous. 
It's, it's you. It's Tom Brady. Oh my god, this is so stupid. This is so stupid. <laughs> this is so stupid. I can't, bro. I can't. This is the dumbest shit of all fucking time, bro. This is this is the world that we fucking live in. AV is, uh, he loves to make an impact on social media. But when I saw that, man, I laughed. I don't know. What do you think? All right, see, I don't want him back on the team. Like, I just don't. Number one, I think it's more because of my own selfish reasons than anything else. Ah, oh, dude, I know, like, that's all I'm going to hear about if they re-sign him. On every single sports-related thing. I'm going to see it on Twitter. I'm going to see it on Instagram. I'm going to see it on, on fucking Snapchat. Would you rather see that? Or would you rather see the whole Boston media talking about how the Patriots are done and are trash? Yeah, well, you know, you know I'm a I'm a pessimist anyway, so I, I kind of enjoy that shit. But but the, right, the Patriots are ten and two. Do they feel ten and two? No, <laughs> their defense feels ten and two, kind of. Actually, I don't know about that because when Watson, they've actually played good teams, they've gotten embarrassed. Yeah, Deshaun so. Watson just shredded them. I told Panacho this earlier this week. If um, if the Patriots lose to Kansas City at home this week, I think they re-sign AB the week after. You think so? I think so. I got a feeling. I got a feeling. Well, see, I think um, another thing, I was listening to Felger and Maz on my way in, and uh, Tony Maserati's, like, opening take for the day, and I think it was was a good point, I think makes a lot of sense, because going into the year, right, everyone had said AFC sucks, right, or AFC sucks. There's two good teams, New mm. England, Kansas City. Mm. Ravens came out of the woodwork, yep. and obviously Belichick didn't account for the Texans being... Whatever. Eh. So, I think Belichick built this defense specifically to combat Kansas City. Because because look at how the defense is constructed. What are the strengths of Kansas City's offense? Their passing game, obviously. Their running game, now that Kareem Hunt is gone, is significantly weaker than it was before. And the Patriots' secondary is the best in the league, by far. You know what I mean? So, like, I think... Obviously, that's the thing that you've looked at all season. You can run on the Patriots a little bit, but you cannot beat them in the pass. Like, their pass defense is fantastic. So, I think if the Patriots' defense goes up against Kansas City and gets, like, shredded by them, that's when you know you got some problems. If they hold if they hold Kansas City's offense to, like, 20 points, then I'd be like, all right, that's pretty fucking good. So the way it works now is because Patriots lost that game, the Ravens have the number one seed. Yeah. If things go or continue this way, do you feel confident that the New England Patriots could win an AFC title game in Baltimore? No, not at this point. Just because I think that their defense would be able to figure out ways to combat Lamar Jackson a little bit. Second time around, you know what I mean? They'll they'll have a little bit more film. Bill was saving his good stuff for the playoffs. No, guy. that's absolutely not true. Oh, okay. Anyone who says that is just a fucking idiot. I hate when people call into sports radio and say that shit, bro. He wasn't showing Dude, his whole hand. What if he wasn't showing his whole hand, guy? What if he was saving it for down the road in the play? Shut the fuck up. 
Yeah, Belichick's like, well, guys, we're throwing the game this week because I don't want to show my full hand. Shut the fuck up, dude. Big Sorry. brain moves. Yeah, big brain. <laughs> Galaxy brain moves by Bill Belichick. Yeah, he's playing chess and we're playing checkers, dude. <laughs> Fucking idiots. Anyway, I think, um, uh, I forget who I saw this quote from, um, but it was from someone who's played Lamar Jackson this season, and they said that, you know, like, practicing, like, simulating against Lamar Jackson, you cannot simulate playing against Lamar Jackson because of how fast he is. So, I mean, like, and it looks completely different on film compared to actually playing against him. So I think they might have a better feel the second time around when they play him. And let's not forget, the Patriots technically weren't out of that game. They were down 20-13. to And Baltimore made some mistakes. Yeah. I mean, and the, the, the problem was is that Brady threw that pick and Edelman fumbled. Because otherwise, if Edelman didn't fumble that ball, you might be talking about a completely different game. You know what I mean? So I think if they clean up some stuff, I think they have a chance. Would I pick them in the game? No, I think Balt. I would pick Baltimore. But I, 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 I would like their chances better the second time around as opposed to the first time, if that makes sense. I can't argue with that. And that would not be a good loss if they lost to them. By no, the no, so. I definitely wouldn't. Especially not the playoffs. <laughs> um, it's okay. We'll get them next year, guys. All right, we'll move on. All right, I'm fine with that. Talk to uh, this is a fantasy football podcast, not a Patriots podcast. That's true. Patriots radio broadcast. <laughs> Patriots radio podcast. <laughs> so you want to do the old? Uh... Oh yeah, that's right. It's time. Well, you have old neighbors, so I don't want to yell this too loud. It's time for the fuck of the week. So that's like that's like a fuck. You're like your parents are upstairs, and you're like trying to be quiet. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. That's what that one was. Okay. So. uh... This week's You forgot who it was, didn't you? <laughs> I always do this. This week's fuck of the week. Hold on. Let me try and think. I remember who it is. Alright. I remembered who it was. <laughs> Whose team is he on though? Oh there he is. Okay. So this week's fuck of the week is uh Tyler Lockett. Oof. Yeah, Tyler Lockett um, had three targets, did not catch any of them. What? Uh, he finished with zero points. He what? Yeah. And he yeah. said you what? And I said you what? No, he, yeah, he was pretty bad. And he played. He wasn't, like, hurt or injured or whatever. He was just bad. And the Ravens put up 30-plus. Seahawks. I'm sorry, Seahawks. Same thing, kind of like a bird. Yeah, it's true. Except it's not a poem. Facts. Um, Seahawks put up over 30 points. Yep. And you're telling me, face-to-face, Tyler Lockett. Mano-y-mano. Tyler Lockett, top 10 wide receiver. Yep. Didn't have a catch. Goose egg. So that means he didn't have any points. Yep. That would be accurate. So that means he's the fuck of the week. Yep. That's what that means. Damn. That sucks. Um, If you had Tyler Lockett on your team... And you're in the playoffs next week. Obviously, you can't feel good about that one. Chris. <laughs> because since his 33-point outburst, he's gotten four points, four points, by week, uh, zero points. Mm, yeah, not good. Not good stuff. Kind of the opposite effect of what a Seattle Seahawks wide receiver usually is. Yeah. Where they start off slow, and then at the end of the season, they're fucking nails. Like Dougie Baldwin. Like Doug Baldwin. Yeah. Miss that guy. Fantasy Hall of Famer. Yeah, I'd agree with that. 
Um, so yeah, Tyler Lockett, fuck of the week. That sucks. Yeah. You know, just fucking sucks. Oh shit! You know what I just realized? Uh, I didn't even do the fucking ad read. Oh. Uh, brought to you by PB and J Lube. You're gonna get fucked. You might as well use Lube. Gotta get that in there. They pay the bills. Yep. And now, that was fucking week. <laughs> Brought to you by PB and J Lou. Gonna get fucked. Might as well use Lou. Next month's bills. Also, uh, honorable mention, or uh, just wanna. This is, dude. This is a big moment for this guy. Oh. Dude, for the first time, in. Let me see. One, two, three, four, five weeks. David Johnson got more points. Then you or me sitting on my couch in the basement. How many points did he get? 3.4. Holy shit. He like... Wow. That's like that, more Those weeks. points will That's put like... him at a fat RB28 Yikes. on the season. And where'd you draft him? Number six. Yikes. That's not what you want to hear. No. No, it's not. Um, well, now he's on my bench. Yeah. I should probably just fucking drop him, honestly. You should probably start him. Oh, fuck no. So I had this idea. I, I was talking to Sousa. I said, you know what, dude? I said, let's just let's just do it. Let's drop the gloves. Put put the gloves off. You start your best guy against my best guy, and then the winner moves on to the next <laughs> round. When that, what do you think the league would do with that? Like, if we just started one player. That'd be mad team. funny. You know, I, I, was, I said the toilet bowls would do that. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, what's funny is I was um I was looking at... Uh, like I was on the fantasy football subreddit and some guy put up a post that I guess like um, actually makes sense for our league too to uh, like or it might be a Yahoo only thing but basically to like bench your entire roster if you have a first round buy so it could so that way it doesn't like lock you in from not being able to like drop people um, so you can still pick up like you can like drop them and pick people up Hmm. Like, quicker, I guess. You don't have to, like, wait for the waiver wire and shit to go through. Really? Yeah. I don't know if it's a Yahoo-only thing, but... Sounds like it's something that would... And then, like, the top comment was, like, damn, I'm pretty sure I thought this was going to be, like, resting my roster (laughs) post for the playoffs. Yeah. And then then the next comment was, like, was, like, honestly, it still would have been good if that was the post, (laughs) so... Yeah, so... We talked about Patriots... I want to talk about uh, another team that's near and dear to my heart for a little bit. The boys. The Dallas Cowboys are leading the NFC East at a whopping six wins and six losses. What is happening? Um, I'll tell you what's happening. They're not that good. And they have a coach who is not that good. And they have an owner who refuses to do good things for his team. Therefore, making him not that good. Therefore, making him the fuck of the week. Could be. Fuck of the season. Fuck Jerry of the Jones past could be, 20 years. Jerry Jones could be, yeah, fuck of the last two <laughs> decades. Um, something's going to change. I for sure thought there would have been some sort of coaching move or somebody after that embarrassing loss of the Bills on Thanksgiving. But there wasn't. Jerry Jones, uh, he said Jason Garrett's going to ride out the season. But he said that he believes Jason Garrett is a good coach. And he, after this year, he will be coaching in the NFL. Yeah. I saw someone, someone like tweeted that quote and said, this is the equivalent of your girlfriend breaking up with you and saying, you'll find love again. <laughs> That's perfect. Because 
Because why would he say that? Like, if he didn't have confidence in Jason Garrett saying, oh, he'll be a coach for the Cowboys next year. He'll be a coach in he'll the NFL. He'll be a coach in the NFL again. Giants. <laughs> and when that day comes that Jason Garrett is relieved of his duties, there will be nobody happier than myself. <laughs> Honestly, I'll be happy about that, too. You know how happy I was when fucking Marvin Lewis got fired? I'm so sick of seeing that guy's grill on the fucking Cincinnati Bengals sideline. Dude. The thing is, here I am on Thanksgiving. I'm already feeling down because Kenny Galladay fucking went off. I'm like, all right, whatever. I got Dak, I got Gallup. Maybe the Cowboys will cheer me up a little bit. Yeah, then you got to look at Jason Garrett's dumb face on Bro, the sideline. we are getting smacked by the Bills. <laughs> and he is smiling, <laughs> clapping his hands. I, I literally, I wanted to take like some like, like piece of turkey to throw it at the TV. <laughs> like, fuck this guy. Turkey ass. Turkey ass. Um, I'm done. I'm done. But the thing about it is that I wish the Cowboys could kind of just lose out and be like, all right, you know, now something significant needs to change. They're in first place in their division because the Eagles fucking suck. Yeah. They lost to the Dolphins. To a kicker and a punter. Trick play. Play of the year. (laughs) Oh, my God. That was almost as bad on red zone as the fucking Heisman Trophy fucking backfield. See, that play was actually impressive. The Heisman backfield trophy... Who gives a fuck? You just signed yeah. three guys who are former Heisman winners. Wee. Yeah, and put them on one play. Woo! Whoop they do. Shove it up your ass. Fucking ESPN was beating their meat. They were like, this is such an unnecessary stat. Jesus Christ. I love this. Um. So, yeah, in conclusion, I don't want to talk about the Cowboys too much, but they got to do something. And, and the thing is, there was yelling in the locker room. I believe it was Michael Bennett who was yelling, you know, at the play. Honestly, part of me was like, okay, Michael Bennett, like, you know what it takes to win? Thank you for doing this. But the other part of me is like, where's the fucking leaders in the Cowboys locker room uh, who are doing this? Like, nowhere. Exactly. The exactly. thing that's frustrating about the Cowboys... You got a guy who you just traded for three weeks ago yelling yeah. and calling out the locker room. The thing that's frustrating about the Cowboys, too, is that like I think we go through the same song and dance with them every year. Every year. Where it's, they have a lot of talent. They just can't put it together. And it's because of coaching. Mm. Because... They don't have the coach to make that executive call when to when to make the ballsy play or when to make a smart play. And the thing is, like, Jason Garrett has been bailed out by a previous Cowboys team. Yeah. Like the 14 uh, Cowboys team that went, um, I believe they were 13-3 or 12-4 and with Tony Romo and DeMarco Murray that year. Yeah, yeah. Like, that team was nasty, and Jason Garrett didn't really have to do anything. They just won in spite of the coach. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Whenever they win. When Dak was a rookie in Zeke in 2016, they went 13-3. and It's yeah. like... Okay, you know, Jason Garrett's doing a great job. Is he? No. no. Because the talent's just actually winning games. But there have been multiple times this year where the talent hasn't stepped up and they've lost because of coaching. But you see it, you see it like they low, like national media, like like broadcast. But like, you know, they're pretty unbiased. They don't really take shots at people. Unlike Tony Romo does. I give him credit. He actually like calls people out on bullshit. But. Whenever there's like a nationally televised game, and obviously the Cowboys get a lot of nationally televised games, I feel like they always make a point because, like, obviously the most successful part of the Cowboys is their offense. Their defense is whatever, and their offense has been really good. And they always make a point to point out how Kellen Moore. They're like, ever since he got here, the offense has been great. And they never say it's part of Jason Garrett. They don't give him any praise at all. Nope. It's it's it, when the defense plays good last year with Scott Linehan running, the, making these guys play well. The defensive backs coach Chris Rashard, yeah. he's doing a great job. That's when you know when when they're when they're saying the defensive backs coach, they're calling, they're shouting that guy out yes. and not saying anything about because, the head coach. That's when you know because everybody knows <laughs> except Jerry Jones that Jason Garrett 
doesn't do shit. He's a boob. And I have to be, it's like being force fed this garbage Jerry Jones says every week on Sports Talk Radio. How oh, oh, Jason Garrett, you know, is a great coach, this and that. If he's so great, then how come we haven't been to the <laughs> NFC Championship game? Have you guys even won a playoff game? Yeah, we, well, Jason Garrett's won two playoff games. Really? Yep. Won one with Tony Romo, and he won one with Prescott last year. Oh, yeah, that's right. Okay. That's right. They've never been, they haven't been to the NFC Championship since their Super Bowl years. Yeah, they came close a few times, right? But that was when. Uh, last year? Was Wade Phillips still the coach? Um. Because they lost to the Giants twice, didn't they? In the Parcells, Parcells was the coach, I think, in 07. And then Wade Phillips was the coach. In 11? No, Jason Garrett was the coach in 11. Oh, Jason wow. Garrett's been the coach since 2010. That's a joke. Almost 10 years. Jesus every I saw a thing. Every, every other coach that's been as long-tenured as Jason Garrett, guess what? They won a Super Bowl. <laughs> Mike Tomlin. Bill Belichick. Fucking, uh, I'm trying to think of other guys here. Not Marvin Lewis. Not Marvin Lewis. It's got to be cool. John Harbaugh. Yeah, oh, that's true. Um, Give me one more. I'm trying to think of the guy. What team? Oh, Pete Carroll. Pete Carroll, yeah. I yeah. mean, I mean, listen, dude, you're preaching to the choir here. I I know, I know. It's just frustrating. You know you know my stance on the NFL. It just pisses me I, off. I know, dude. It's it's not a talent. Well, there is a talent problem in the NFL, but... But the thing is, it's like mostly coaching for the Cowboys, at least because the Cowboys. Uh, no, I are think hard. I think coaching is a problem in most of. Oh no, and mostly, but I'm saying the biggest problem for Dallas is the coach. Oh yeah, hundred percent. They have all the time for Dallas specifically. Yeah. And the thing is, it aggravates me because the Cowboy haters will get a Dak Prescott isn't that good. The thing is, Dak Prescott's ripping it. He's leading in passing yards the whole year. He's had a good year. And the thing is, <laughs> so Dak Prescott can go six and six right now, and people will say he hasn't had a signature win, but he's. The stat sheet is being overstuffed, but when he goes thirteen and three, and his stats aren't as good, people say, "Oh, he's carried by Zeke and the defense and this and that." It's like, fuck off. No, Dak's been. I feel Dak's been carrying that team this year. As far as Zeke, far as has, Zeke has not had as good of a year as I think you know a lot of people by Zeke standards. Yeah, you know what I mean. He hasn't needed to. Yeah, that's the thing. They, the, but that's how more offenses should be run. You want balance, but yeah. Um, but that's that's my thing on the Cowboys. The thing, sad reality is, Cowboys will win this division at eight and eight. Yeah, may have another uh, situation they'll, of the the NFC South a few years back. They'll host they'll host a home playoff game, probably against San Francisco. That's crazy. That's the way I look at it. San Francisco, the season thing is crazier. San Francisco has a chance to be thirteen and three and be a wild card team. I know that's nuts. Speaking of which, I don't think we really talked about them, but. For real, they're pretty impressive. They're for real. I like they were, I think, that game last week with them. The Ravens really could have gone either way. I think it's more impressive the fact, like obviously, not a good. There's no good losses, okay. But at the same time, no moral victories either. But you know, it, that's kind of a moral victory. I mean, they went into Baltimore, tough spot. You know, like Baltimore has been lighting everyone up, and when they they beat them, uh. What like twenty four to seventeen or something or twenty seventeen? Field goal. So it was uh twenty seventeen. Yeah, that's uh, that's Tucker. good. I mean that defense is legit, bro. Yeah, that bad, defense is good. Bad weather too. They do have a good defense. Um, it's gonna be interesting to and see. Jimmy G looked looked good as well. I mean, you know what I mean. Like he, they yeah. they look good. I mean they they look capable is what I'm saying. 
Um, I think they're still too young to think, like make a big splash. You think it's a possible Super Bowl preview? Uh, could be. Damn, I'm going to get 49ers Ravens again. Who do you think the best team in the NFC is right now? The NFC? <sighs> That's tough, man. See, if we're going if if we're going teams like top to bottom, I probably would go with the Saints because I think they have like consistency across their roster where like they have Breeze, they have Michael Thomas, they have Kamara. I know he hasn't had that good of a year this year, but he's still one of the best backs in the league, I feel. Um and their defense has been very good this year. Um I think kind of kind of a little bit slept on. Yeah. Um as far as defense go, but for me, if I had to pick the team that I think could come out of the NFC, I I got to go with the Seahawks. Because for me, Russell Wilson just has that. I'm not just saying cuz he's on my team. He's always had this like just like you didn't say about the Se- uh, Saints D cuz they were on your team. Oh, true. <laughs> Well, that that I, I'm able to like first see firsthand, yeah. like point points wise, like they've had like a good year. But Russell Wilson just has like that it factor where like you need him to be clutch. Drew Brees, little little little, little, little choky sometimes, you know. Russell Wilson, no, not at all. You know what I mean? You need they just Seahawks just have a a good habit of keeping games close and then. Putting the ball in Russell Wilson's hand, saying, go win us the game, and he does it. You know what I mean? That's so, like, if I had to pick somebody coming out of the NFC who I like to come out of the NFC, I'd go with the Seahawks right now. But, um... I'll pick the Cowboys. Well, <laughs> I think Saints Saints are a close second, though. And, um... Green yeah, Bay, too. I, I don't believe in Green Bay. I feel like they're a very flawed team still. They got two bad losses. Yeah, that's a thing. You know what I mean? And I'm talking not good losses. Yeah. Bad <laughs> losses. Um, yeah, we'll see. It's going to be interesting as the season rounds out and we see how certain playoff scenarios will work. Um, but I don't know. But I think it's time to start up this grill. Yeah, let me just. Sitting on takes. Brought to you by <laughs> Der Burgers. Mason of the Burgers. Good. Der, Souza, the burger's good. Thank you. Thank you. All right. I'm ready, man. This is a sizzling, whizzling hot take. Hit me with it, Glenn. So we're talking all this, John, about the Patriots, Tom Brady. Here's what's going to happen. This Sunday when Pat Mahomes uh, travels to Gillette Stadium to face Tom Brady and the reeling New England Patriots at 10-2, and two, believe it or not, they're reeling. <laughs> um, Tom Brady is going to have something for their ass. Oh, I like this. Tom Brady is throwing for over 400 yards. Yikes, dude. And four (laughs) touchdowns. Damn. It's going to be a shootout. But Tom Brady will have those stats and will get it done. And the Patriots pick up a win at home. Mm. That's pretty hot. That's pretty sizzling for you. 400 yards, huh? 400. That's pretty crazy. 400. And at least four different receivers will have at least 50. All right, well. That's extra, a little, little side sizzle. Here's my hot take. Okay. Okay. The Ravens are playing the Bills this week. It's a big game. Very big game, okay? Because the Bills have had a top three defense all year. If they hold uh, Lamar Jackson and company 
relatively in check, they could cement themselves. They could even possibly win and really push the Patriots for the division, right? So, here's my take. The Bills are going to win on Sunday. Number one, this is a two-parter. Number one, they're going to win this week. Number two, you're going to know what number two is. <laughs> number two, it's going to be on the fucking back of Devin Singletary. Oh, okay. I didn't see that coming. <laughs> Devin Singletary is going to rush for 150 yards All right. and two touchdowns. There were two ways I thought you were going for well, that. Well, you think I was going to say... Uh, I thought you were going to say Josh Allen Josh was going to have a game of his life. Oh, no. Or Lamar Jackson was going to be horrible. No. Nah. Okay. Uh, Devin Singletary. Well, I, I, that was a big swing and a miss yeah. on a curveball there. Devin I mean, Singletary. Wow, that's that's pretty bold. You actually make me want to change my picks. Uh, that was Sizzling Hot Takes brought to you by Dirt Burgers. Mason, other burgers? Good. A dirt. Um, but now we'll go to game picks because now I'm riled up after that. You make me want to change my pick. <laughs> uh, let's see. Let's pull this up real quick. Game picks for week 14, man. That's crazy. Pigskin, pick them. So on Thursday night. The 6-6 six and six Dallas Cowboys will have, I believe, like a... I think it's like a 60% chance to make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Face the 6-6 six and six Bears who have a less than 2% chance to make the playoffs. What the fuck happened to the Bears, man? Listen, I don't know, but Mitch Trubisky's been playing good. The Cowboys need it. They need this. I need it. But somehow, some way, I feel like they're going to blow it. But I'm still going to pick them anyway. I'm going to go with the Cowboys as well. Okay. Then Sunday rolls around. We have Riverboat Ron got fired, by the way. I'm glad he got fired just so I don't have to hear <laughs> Riverboat Ron Riverboat Ron anymore. You know, when he, you, I just hate the fact they call him Riverboat Ron because they say he like, oh, he's making a gamble. And usually it's just a fucking dumbass decision. It's not a gamble. It's just him being an idiot. I'm pretty sure his Twitter handle is Riverboat Ron or something sure like His Twitter handle is Riverboat Retard. So they don't have him anymore. I'm sorry. Yeah, whoa, that, that was... Yeah, oh, Jesus. Sorry, Susan's not here. Someone had to pick gotta, up the slack. You gotta make up for him. Yeah. Um, yeah, so they're facing Atlanta, um, who Young Shu Ku is like... It's the, Young Wei Ku. I'm, I'm calling him Shu, because it looks like it should say Shu, but it doesn't. It's missing an S. Chin Su Chu. Chin Su Chu. So Young Shu Ku is like the greatest onside kicker in history. Yeah. Um... I think the Falcons get it done this week against the Riverboat Romless Panthers. Yeah, I'm going to... What the fuck happened to the Panthers, man? They were, like, rolling, and now they're just awful. Um, I'm going to go with the Panthers. I'll tell you what, Mason. I'm looking at this game. The Ravens travel to Buffalo. Your sizzling hot take is convincing me to pick the Bills, but I don't know if I can do it. So here's what's crazy, is that... The Bills, if they beat the Ravens this week, could potentially be the one seed. No. Yeah, if they if they beat the Patriots next week. Well, I was gonna say the Patriots have to lose this week, or. Oh, true. Yeah, because yeah, the Patriots are ten and two. Yeah. Well, no, that's what I'm saying. So, yeah, if, so if the Patriots if the, if Bills the Patriots win. win this week, and the Bills beat them next week, right here, the Bills could be the one seed. All right. So last week, last week Thanksgiving Day game against the Cowboys for the Bills was a big statement game. Take it as you will. I personally don't believe in the Bills. I think just the Cowboys play awful. 
but they won that game. That was a huge game for them. Big time game. Big time win. This game right here against the Ravens is the most important game of the season for the Bills. Mm. One, it can show if they're able to hang with a good team like the Ravens. Two, if they win that game, the Bills will be for real. And three, you'll have all the momentum in the world facing the New England Patriots in two weeks on a Saturday. Oh, they play on Saturday? On a Saturday. Dumb, dude. Dumb. But um, this is huge. This is the biggest game of the season for the Bills. I want to pick them. I do. But how do I bet against Lamar Jackson and the Ravens, especially when Lamar Jackson's on Jake Fryer's team? I'm going Bills. Picking Ravens. Alright. The Bengals finally got a win. Oh, I'm so disappointed they did. I know. Wait they look, they Who they beat? Uh, the, the Jets? Oh, yeah. The goddamn yeah. Jets, dude. The GD Jets. Fucking Jets, dude. Fucking it up for everyone. Yep. That's just what they do. Well, it doesn't matter. I'm still taking the Browns. So yeah, I'm taking the Browns, too. The Bengals looking for two in a row, but I just don't think it's going to happen. The Broncos travel to Houston to face the Texans, who are coming off a huge win against the Patriots. Alright. Here, here's my... I'm taking the Broncos. Okay. I feel like... This is going to be one of those games after a big win where like, a team kind of lets the air out of the bag. Like they you know did it earlier this year against Kansas City. Yeah, they beat exactly. Kansas City, then they lost to the Colts. Exactly. Um, I'm going to take the Texans, though. I think the Texans need to string together a couple wins um, and possibly push for that first-round bye at the end of the season. Mm. Um, the Lions with quarterback, what's his name? Matt Blau? Or is Blow. It, or is it, no, it's pronounced Blau. Oh, well, he, he blows. <laughs> well, he didn't blow last week. Well, uh Kenny Galladay didn't blow. I don't even I don't even know if his first name's not Matt. It might be like Jake. <laughs> Jake Blow. Jake Blow. 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 Um, travels to face Kirk Cousins and the Vikings. In I'm going to take the Vikings because it's a 1 o'clock game. Kirk Cousins isn't in prime time. Okay, so he might actually be good. Two good arguments. <laughs> uh, the Redskins with Darius Geis travel to Lambeau Field in the frozen tundra. I need Darius Geis to put up a repeat performance of last week, but it's going to be at the hands of getting blown out by the Packers. Yeah, Packers all the way. Um, the 6-6 six and six Colts travel to Tampa Bay to face the Buccaneers. I'm taking the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yeah, I'm. I feel them this week too. Honestly, I was thinking I was like, this is one of those games where like on paper you look at it quick and you're like, oh, the Colts should win. But then it's good. Like this is gonna be like the one week where Jameis Winston actually plays well and he fools all the Tampa Bay fans and thinking that he's a legitimate quarterback again. I think this is this um, last week was the beginning of the end for the Colts. They should have. They needed to win that game against Tennessee. They didn't, and now we'll start a, like a, probably like a three game skid. Mm-hmm. And I think the Bucks are a part of that. Miami Dolphins travel to New York to face the Jets. Ryan Fitzpatrick is showing a little bit of Fitz magic. I don't even want to see a minute of this game. I'm start. I'm starting the Jets defense, and it's probably going to come back and kick me in the ass. But the, I'm picking the Dolphins. I'm. I'm gonna take. I'm. I'm a Dolphins fan for the FCA. I'm gonna take the Dolphins too, just because the Jets somehow have four wins, but at the same time look so awful doing it. Yeah, they do. That like, see like. Is as good as the Bills are, that's as bad as the Dolphins and the Jets are this year. Yeah. Like, holy shit, dude. Every time I watch them, I'm, I feel like I lose brain cells. Like, if you flip the Bills record, you get the Dolphins. Wow. <laughs> that's um, so, yeah, I'm picking Dolphins. Ooh, I didn't even know this was a game this, this week. This is a huge game. You talk about top of the NFC, you got it right here. 49ers at 10-2 travel to Nolens to face the 10-2 Saints. I'm picking the 49ers, Mason. Yeah, I'm taking the 49ers, too. Wow. I'm feeling them. Okay. And then we got the Chargers, who win in the most heartbreaking ways possible 
Um, that pass interference on Cortland Sutton at the end of the game. You mean up lose. The, uh, yeah, did I say win? Yeah. Uh, they lose in the most heartbreaking way possible. Uh, last week, like I said, that pass interference with Cortland Sutton setting up a game-winning field goal for the Broncos. Sucks. But that's the Chargers for you. But the Jaguars are even worse. That's why I'm picking the Chargers. Yeah. Um, I'm taking the Jaguars just because I really need DJ Chark to actually fucking do something this week. <laughs> okay. I don't hate that. Um, Tennessee Titans at 7-5 and five travel to the Oakland Raiders. I'm jumping off the Raiders bandwagon. In a game where you had control of the division if you win that game at Kansas City. They got embarrassed. Actually, was it even, I think it was at home. Was it? I don't think so. I think it was in Kansas City. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, it might have been. I don't know. But either way, it's a big game. Basically, the division uh, had bigger implications in that game, and you got embarrassed mm. by Andy Reid and company. What else is new? That's why I'm picking the Titans, because the Titans have one man that the Raiders don't, and that's Derrick Henry. Also, uh, Ryan Tannehill low-key has been nice Dix, since he started quarter. Think going to start him? Uh, no, probably not. Yeah, probably not. Um, balls. That's right, I said it. You don't have the balls. Okay, go ahead. But I'm picking the Titans, too, because I think they got to have this game to stay in in line with uh, with the ca- the Texans yes. for the division. Because yes. technically, they're still not out of it. They're only a game behind them. That's right. So if they keep if they keep win- accumulating wins, they could make a run uh, for the division. Right. So they got to have this game. And then at 4.30 window, Kansas City Chiefs travel to Gillette Stadium to face the New England Patriots. I said in my sizzling hot take that the Patriots would go off and Tom Brady would. I'm picking the Chiefs. Oh, Just because I like to see the mighty fall. I'm taking the Patriots because uh, this is a gotta-have-it game. Like I said, this is the game where you got to nut up and you gotta you got to win this game. Yeah, you got to win this game because if you lose, people are gonna the chinks in the arm are already there. But you win this game, you can at least say, "Listen, we still beat one of the best offenses in the league," and your defense still has some credence as being a good defense. Because otherwise, you're just a defense that beats up on a bunch of shit bums, and then when it come push comes to shove and you play actual good teams, you get your your shit kicked in. Yeah. So yeah, they gotta they gotta play. And not only do they have to win. They have to play well and win. They can't just squeak out a little, little fucking, little wet fart bullshit. You gotta fucking dominate this game. That's all I have to say about that. That's a uh, that's a good point. Um, I said I'm going with the Chiefs. What's <laughs> the next game here? Uh, Steelers and Cardinals. Steelers also low key seven and five. How the fuck did that happen? Um, like Tomlin. See, I don't like to say that. I don't though. either, because the thing is, you know, previous to this year, I didn't think he was that great I of a coach. I felt like he was just a glorified cheerleader on the sidelines. But what can I say? What else can I say? What else can I'm I say? picking the Steelers. Uh, they're going to go 8-5, and five, and they're going to beat up on the Cardinals and Kyler Murray. Yeah, I'm taking the Steelers as well. And then for Sunday Night Football. <laughs> Seattle Seahawks face off the division rival in L.A., the Rams. Give me the Seahawks. Picking the Seahawks. Then Monday Night Football. Ew. Listen. Ew. You say ew, 
but that starts with the same letter as Eli. <laughs> oh, my God. Eli Manning is getting the start this week. I want to show you a tweet that I saw today. The one, he's back. No, no, no. Have you seen that one, too? I think I did, yeah. It's just all the Eli Manning faces, <laughs> yeah, faces all in a collage. So Field Yates had tweeted earlier today, Eli Manning's career record as a starter, 116 and 116. We needed this. Oh, my God. He's 116 and 116, and two of those wins are in the Super Bowl <laughs> against the Patriots. Think about I that. I know. So you got a guy who's basically the Tim Wakefield of the NFL, and he's probably going to be a Hall of Famer because of his two Super Bowl wins. So ridiculous, And his bro. longevity. Oh, my God. Um, I'm picking the Eagles because if not now, when? <laughs> when? The Cowboys are giving the Eagles every single chance to climb back into the division and just take it from us, and they're not doing it. I'm taking the Giants. I'm taking the Eagles. I can't, Eli I can't. Manning is going to have a good no, game. I can't do it. He's going to have a good game. Obviously, I hope that happens, but I got the Eagles. 20, I don't know if he's actually. I don't know if he's actually going to have a good game or not, but I just want him to have a good game for the meme. Yeah, I do too. At this point, it'd be hilarious, especially for Eagles fans like losing to Eli Manning in the one game. Plus, probably, fucking probably Giants fans can continue to pull their hair out because they're like, "What the fuck, dude? This guy sucks." But so does Daniel Jones. What do we do? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. Submit my picks. Yep, so that was game picks. Now this is, before we wrap this up, this is the 50th episode of Stellar Seller. Mm-hmm. And Mason, you, myself, uh, our permanent guest, we've been doing this for 50 episodes, and uh, we've had some other guests along the way. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to do a thing so that they can all make their appearance on the 50th episode. So I'm going to call them. Let's and, do it. And it's going to start with my dad. My dad. You better pick up. (laughs) He better pick up. (laughs) What's up? You're on the 50th episode of the Stella Seller Podcast. And you were on one. Oh, I didn't even know that. Yeah, you were. Okay. On, you were on one of the episodes that made this podcast so great. So we just want to say thank you. And uh, if you want to be on in the future, you most certainly have an open invitation. I want to say it was an honor and a privilege uh, being in the Westport Fantasy League. It's been an honor. It's our eighth year. Not many leagues can say that. Nope. And uh, I think the podcast is something that. Uh, you guys had a lot of humor and uh, some knowledge. <laughs> <laughs> all right, before I'm like I said, I'm gonna make it brief because we're gonna call all the guests we've been on the show. Uh, one last thing before this week going against Jake Fryer. How do you feel, and if, do you have a message to say to Jake? Well, I, I texted Jake earlier in the week, and I told him it's classic uh, David and Goliath matchup. If I ever saw one, but we all know how that turned out. Oh, that's true. <laughs> that's true. All right, thanks, Dad. All right, guys, uh, have a good holiday, everyone. All right, love you. See you you later. Bye. Take care. That was my dad. He was on the episode with me and Susan when you weren't there. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, Next, let's call our reigning, defending, two-time league champion who's been on the podcast during a special off-season episode where they were debating for uh, commissioner of our league. 
Let's no, see. no chance. Jake answers the phone. Hold on, let me, let me. I'm gonna FaceTime audio. No chance. So it's clear. Jake's definitely gonna answer the phone. No chance. He's gonna catch his mask on right now. Oh. What's up, man? Hey. What's going on? Hey, you're on the 50th episode of the Stellar Stellar Podcast, and we're calling all our guests to say thank you for being on the show um, uh, in a previous episode. And you know, if we just want to give you a little two cents on the on the podcast, and it's just me and Mason here. Susa couldn't make it because he's a little bitch, but uh, <laughs> that's it. Okay, so just put me on the spot. No, that's cool. Um, <laughs> yeah, what, what, are you, what are you doing? Like playing video games on the toilet or something? Taking a shit? <laughs> no, I'm not playing video games nor on the toilet. Yeah. Uh, so no, I'm actually looking at uh, you know projections for this week and seeing that I should crush your dad and then stomp my way to my third championship. So <laughs> can't wait to come on the pod again after I do that. Damn. Big, big talk from the number one seed, Jake Fryer. <laughs> Reigning, defending, two-time champion, and second-place finisher in the commissioner race last year. Oh. <laughs> no. Never to run again in the commissioner race. <laughs> That's true. Um, yeah, I just talked to my dad. I asked him his thoughts. You know, he said he texted you earlier this week and said it's classic yeah. David Goliath, and uh, we know how that <laughs> turned out. Yeah, I screwed up, dude. I don't know the last time that I missed a Tuesday night of not looking at the waiver wire. And using a claim, and I didn't look last night and let your dad pick up three guys that he put in a starting lineup. So I can't wait for Pascal Doyle and the Texans to get him like fifty points and watch him beat me. Listen, Jay, but other than that, I'm confident. If if that happens, if that does happen, I'm gonna say I'm not gonna be mad. I'm not gonna be mad if that happens because I can't yeah, be completely on me. I can't have you not only win the league for a record three times, but do it in consecutive years. <laughs> I won't be able to live with myself. Dude, uh, honestly, I can't believe that I just got put above your dad and not wanting someone to win. That's such an honor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and that, that's true. Seriously, but it, it just can't happen, Jake. I'm sorry. Hey, Jake, uh, real quick. What's up, Mason? H- how do you feel about my chance to win the toilet this year? No, I, I think your chances are low to win the toilet. All right, good. Good, because you're like yeah. the fantasy expert, considering you've won like the past like three years. So. Oh, shut, shut up. <laughs> Well, I think Gomes has that on lockdown, if we're being honest, yeah, um, with JV being close in the running, but uh, I think Mahomes will keep him. I think one player can keep him above Gomes' team, and I think it'll be Mahomes. <laughs> one Although player. Mahomes does have awful matchups. He does. So who knows? Yeah, it'll so be them, too. Uh... It'll be them, too. All right, man. Yeah, I just want to thank you for being on a previous episode. Like I said, this is the 50th episode, so we're calling all our guests. Thanks, Jake. Hey, absolutely. Congratulations on 50 episodes. Thanks. Uh, good luck in the playoffs, but, you know, not really. <laughs> yeah, same to you. And, Mason, good luck not getting that uh, porcelain again. Uh, thank you. I appreciate that. It's actually, like, brass, though, so. Oh, okay. I, I didn't know. All well, right. yeah, I do, so. Thanks, buddy. <laughs> See you later. All right, later, fellas. Later. So that was Jake. What a guy. Oh, now we're going to call. Now we're going to call a gentleman who just joined us last week on the podcast. He's not picking up. He is picking up. No chance. I'm telling you. People see me calling them on the phone. They say, yeah, let me talk to Glenn. No. Maybe I, maybe he won't because I FaceTime on him. Chris is still cleaning his apartment for, for Sarah. You think? Yeah. 100%. He's got to answer, dude. He's got to. I can, not, I can feel not. it in my loins. He's going to. He's looking at. He. This is what he walked. He, you can hear his phone's vibrating on the table. This is what he, <laughs> he just walks away. Ah, unavailable. Boom. I told you. He went. Like, he walked like this. He looked. He's like. He might. He might call back though. All right. He just might. All right. Next, we got to call none other than the one, the only, Andrew Panacho. Oh boy. 
he will answer. Yeah, he'll answer. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> We're, uh, this is the 50th episode of the Stellar Seller Podcast. You're on live right now with us. We're calling all our previous guests to say thank you for coming on the show and uh, being a part of one or more of the 50th episodes. Yeah, did you guys ask the question I asked? Oh, no! Good thing I called you! Uh, we'll, yeah. we'll do that after. Oh, actually, no, ask your question again. That way we can do it on the, on the pod live. All right, so I got a 12-man full PPR league. I need to fill up my RB2. My options are Jamal Williams against Washington. Uh, I don't know if it's in Green Bay or not. And then I have Penny against the Rams. I think that's in Seattle, too. And then uh, Snell against Arizona, and I think that's about it. So out of those guys, who would you guys start? You want to go first? I'd probably go Snell against Arizona. So don't do that. Yeah, so don't do what Mason just said. <laughs> Honestly, if my gut feeling, and this is what I do in fantasy, because I, I went with my brain last week and I sat Kenny Galladay, and that's how that turned out. Um, I am starting Rashad Penny on Sunday night. Yeah, I don't have. I don't think Sousa has him in his lineup. I don't think so either. But who gives a fuck? Because he's not here. He's he didn't make it. No, he didn't make it for the fiftieth episode. Oh my god. Yep. What does Haley have him doing? Uh, Decorating her fucking mother's Christmas tree or something? That's actually kind of (laughs) close. Yeah, probably. I don't know, they're but probably, they're, probably the, they're probably the type of family that like does like you know they like, decorate the tree with like popcorn. You ever see that? <laughs> I, I think I have, like in cartoons and shit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, like um, Hey Arnold stuff. Those poor bastards. <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah, probably, but yeah. So, um, so yeah, I say Penny. Mason says Snell. I don't know what Susan yeah. says. You can ask him, but who really gives a fuck? <laughs> yeah, honestly. Snell was the last choice I thought of. Mm. I think um, my middle ground guy is Jamal. I just think he had 14 touches, then 19 touches the week before. Like, Flace in Washington. I think, like, because I have Zeke. So, if Zeke does pretty well. I'll go with the better floor. But if Zeke only gets, like, sub 20, I'll probably have to go for the more boom and Penny. Yeah, I think Penny could, especially after how they used him last week and how they continue to use him. Oh, yeah. Um... One last thing before we get off the phone here. Anything you want to say to Craig before your matchup this week? Um, I lost. (laughs) (laughs) All right. right, Peace out. Best of luck. See you later. 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 (laughs) Un-fucking-leavable, dude. I lost. Uh, I lost. All right. And I'm going to call the man who didn't make the playoffs because of James White. <laughs> Let's see if he answers here. Put this on here. He's not going to answer. You don't think he'll answer? No, nah, Brendan's probably sucking Kayla's toes right now. Think? Making cookie pancakes? <laughs> yeah. Making pancakes, making cookie pancakes. And some chocolate milk. Is <laughs> it chocolate milk? <laughs> He really isn't going to answer. He's that mad. They didn't make the playoffs. This guy, dude. Boo. Boo. I can tell you <laughs> the picture. I can tell you what he would have said. He said, what's up, boys? He would have said, <laughs> Brennan, you're on this 50th episode of Stellar Star Pies. He would be like, oh, cool, thanks. Uh, it's such an honor. I appreciate you coming on. And then he would have been like, go Jags. He would have said, Jags suck. And he said, um, how do you feel about uh, not making the playoffs because James James White, and you said, 
Eat my ass. Goodbye. And then. That's actually very accurate. Um, On to the next one. Two time guest. No, three time guest. Mr. Craig Highway. He's watching The Mandalorian. He's too busy. Hey! Hey, what's up? What's up? You're on the 50th episode of the Stellar Southern Podcast. We're calling. Oh, am I really? We're calling all our previous guests uh, who made the show so good and what it is today, and you were part of it for multiple occasions. So we just want to call and say thank you and uh, get you on the show for the 50th Thanks, episode. Craig. Oh, thank you. I just want to let you guys know that uh, Mason will be winning the toilet this year. Oh. But I'd, I'd speak that into existence. Yeah. Well, uh, fantasy football expert Jake Fryer said no. It's probably gonna be Gomes or. Uh, well, you know. <laughs> You wished injury upon Tyreek Hill. When I, I did not him. wish injury upon Tyreek Hill. You know what that means? That means you get the toilet. I said That's the only it. chance I win is if he gets injured. I did not say I hope he gets injured. Uh, There's a difference. I'm pretty sure you were like, I hope he gets injured on the first drive. No. And he did. No, I definitely did not say that. So, Craig, uh, your fantasy season, this is your first year in our league. Yep. It has been yep. very successful so far. You lost the first week, but then rattled off nine straight wins. Only... Right. To finish with three straight losses? Right. See, I'd like to address these losses, because if you look deep, right, that loss against Mason, super fluky. That's nah, I rarely my, ever happened. My team is just stacked that then, league, bro. Then you got, I played Amaral, and I would have beat anybody else in the league except Amaral that week. I put up second most points. I lost. And then last week, that was just a true, true defeat. I just got my ass kicked. So, Parker. so would you so, would you say your team is on the decline heading to the playoffs against Panasha? I, 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 like, I feel like that's a misconception. Okay. <laughs> but, you know, people, you want to, you know, doubt me, that's fine. It's all good. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's, it's kind of like we want you to pay your dues first before coming to the league. We don't just want you to win your first year in the league. Uh, what does that say about the rest of us? I'm trying to make a statement, you know? That's I, what I'm trying to yeah. do. I, I respect it, but honestly, <laughs> I hope it doesn't happen. So, um, before we let you go... One thing you want to say to Panacho, uh to your upcoming match against him? I just want to congratulate him on moving on to the next round. <laughs> <laughs> you guys, you guys suck. Yeah, you guys are the worst. <laughs> I, hope, I wish him luck against Fryer. You know, I'm gonna get beat by a white running back named Laird <laughs> this, week. this week. Go look at the last three weeks and go look at the collection of shit bums who have gone off against me. Put it, book it, Laird. Two touchdowns. Craig, Thanks, Craig. I just that, can't, that's a sizzling hot thing. I can't wait for you to hear this podcast because you are going to laugh. Actually, you're going to be kind of angry, but you're probably going to laugh really hard. Yeah. Oh, great. So, All right. so yeah, best of luck this weekend. Uh, go Chiefs. Yep, yeah, go Chiefs. Later, man. Later. Later. I was hoping so bad that he said I lost. <laughs> I was hoping so bad for it. Uh, we're going to call one of our first guests ever. Uh, Mr. Zach Aronson. Think he'll pick up? No. Yeah, he will. No. Especially if I FaceTime audio. What the fuck? He'll answer. Maybe. He's not answering. What's up? What's, What's up? going on? Hey, you're on the 50th episode of the Stellar Seller Podcast. What we're doing right now is we're calling everybody who previously appeared as a guest on the show and made the show what it is today. And Zach, man, you were one of the first guests on the show. So we wanted to call and say thank you. And uh, well, th- You know, thanks. I, uh, 
do a lot of Bucks talk and uh, appreciate you guys having me. Uh, I need to get back on. I'm back on there and uh, let you let you guys know how we, uh, how everything's going. Not a great season for me, but uh, I'll be back. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm sure of it. You know, it's uh, like your brother is once every three years. You're kind of like an every other year guy. Yeah, I'm more than I'm more than every once every three. Years. Yeah. It was the today was. I mean, this this year this season wasn't the best, but no. I'll be back. Yeah, when you start off zero and eight, it's it's really <laughs> it's not gonna. No, no, revise that. It was more like zero and six. Uh, I'm pretty sure it was like zero and eight. <laughs> No, but yeah, we just want to say thanks. And uh, early pick to win the toilet bowl. You think you can avoid it? I th- I think I'm the best in the in the the consolation bracket. Let's be honest. That's a pretty bold statement. You got to face uh, Brendan Borges this week. How do you feel about going up against him? Trash. Straight. <laughs> Oof. <laughs> Oof. My team. My team is the best in the toilet bowl. I'll call it out right. I mean, in the consolation bracket, not in the toilet bowl because. I won't be there. Yeah, I, I got. I got to admit, um, towards the end of the season, you really built up your team to something that you know could win here and there. Uh, but it was just you know eight weeks too late. Yeah, Devontae Parker is a home wrecker, dude. Julian Edelman, Julio Jones. I I won last week without Julio Jones. I didn't even need him. <laughs> I know. That's uh, that's no. the funny part about it. But um, so you, know what, you know what, Craig Kyler, I wish you the best. That was that was a disappointing loss last week, and uh, we'll see who comes and shakes it out. I, you know, I, I I don't want Jake Fryer to win a third one in a row, but I I don't know who's gonna beat him. I, I have to be honest with you, I don't know who's gonna beat him. You could you could you could say me. I mean, I I probably do it. Uh, I don't I don't want you to win, Clint. Oh, <laughs> if it came down to me and Fryer again, though, you'd pick me, wouldn't you? I have to. Yeah. I have to. I don't want to, but I have to. No, you want you want to. Just say it. You want to. No, three times in a row is too much. Yeah, it is. It's too much. Three three times at all is too much. But anyway, Z, uh, Zach Aronson, twenty twenty. That's when it's coming. All right. All right. Yeah. Start the campaign now, so we can believe you come next fantasy season. Oh, uh, uh, we need to we need to revise some things. Panacho, take some notes. We need, we need to revise some things. Yeah, I'm not the commissioner anymore, so you can write a letter to him. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about it, but we need to revise. All right. <laughs> Sounds good. Thanks for coming on. 50th episode. Let's yeah. go, baby. Let's go, man. And for hopefully 50 more. Let's go. All right. All right. Later, man. Thanks, Zach. Later. And then... And uh, it's funny how we per- you per- like unintentionally perfectly sync these up. Yeah, I just like wrote Nacho down, and then Craig... And then Zach talking about Devontae Parker. That was just a disappointing loss, Craig. I'm sorry. And then last but not least, uh, probably the most influential guest we've had on the show. Don't spoil it. Don't even say his name. If he doesn't answer, I'm going to be livid. (laughs) Dude. I'll FaceTime audio him, too. Hello? Hello? Hey. Hey, uh, could you state your name, please? Matthew Souza. Matthew Souza. This is the 50th episode of the Stellar Seller Podcast. And what we're doing is we're calling back all our guests who have appeared on the show at least once during those 50 episodes. So you, Matt Souza, being a you know longtime guest, permanent guest, actually. Yeah, I want to um, say you've been a guest like, what, like 40, like... 
41 times, 42? Yeah, that's that's about right. Yeah, a lot of times. So, um, yeah, I I just wanted to call you and say thanks, you know, for being on the show and being a guest and uh, playing a big part into the show and making it what it is today. You know, I'm glad. You know, I'm really glad I I had the opportunities. You guys were really um, generous allowing me to be on the podcast as much as I've been on the podcast. Um, I've been happy to help, and, you know, I want to thank you guys. Well, the pleasure's all oh, ours. Thanks, cool. thanks, Souza. Um, one thing before we let you go and do whatever it is you're doing. Um, He's probably like at a KKK meeting right now or something. Probably, yeah, or disrespecting, oh, disrespecting, <laughs> uh, disrespecting the LGBT Thursday. community on uh, social media. But um, no, one more thing before I ask you. This weekend, you're going up against a legend, um, <clears throat> none other than the one, the only Glenn Enos Jr. in the first round of the fantasy football playoffs. How do you like your chances? Have you talked about this yet? Uh, I've talked about it a little bit, yeah. How do I like my chances? I like my chances. Do you? Yes. I am more than 50-50, so I believe I'm going to kick your ass. Whoa! So, so the thing is, like, have you figured out a lineup to scrunge up against me? Because uh, you... No, you know, I, I've liked the idea of, of keeping you... On your toes. I know you're looking around the league. You're looking at my team. Oh, what's this matchups? Oh, I don't know because he only has Wayne Gullman and nobody else. Or, oh, he has this guy, but tomorrow it's this guy. And I don't know what to do. I don't know what I'm going against. It's tough for you to play defense when my offense is ever-changing. Listen, your your mind games won't work on me because unlike you, I actually know who I'm starting. I know who got me here to this point where I need to be today. I know my team is good. I know my team is good enough to beat yours like it did already this season. And then you kind of, you know, not setting your lineup right away. I think it's more of like a panic in the mind of you. Oh, my God. Who am I going to start? I don't know who I'm going to start against Glenn because I have so many guys I could start, but they might not do this. They might not do that. And what if I make a mistake and get knocked out of the first round for the sixth time in eight years? <laughs> Susa, this Sunday, I'm going to beat you. Glenn Enos Jr. This Sunday. Actually, it might even go to Monday night, too. Oh, yeah. Week 14 is going to be your doom. You are going to know what it's like to lose to me in the first round. And, Glenn, I got one word for you. And I hope it sticks with you for the rest of the night, for the rest of the week, for the rest of your life. And that is revenge. Oh. Damn. Revenge from years past. Mostly revenge from this year. Week one, when you beat me, you started you started my season with an L, and I'm gonna finish yours with an L. No, see that's that's where you're wrong, my friend. Just like your season started, it's gonna end the same way. Me coming out on top. Well, Glenn, I'm excited. Me too. Because this hasn't happened yet. No, but it will happen. And honestly, Susan, I wish you the best of luck. If I were to lose to somebody in the first round, I, I, I mean, no, I'm not going to say it because I'm not going to lose to you in the first round. <laughs> you said if. If I do, then I'm glad that it's someone like you, my friend. Wow, that means a lot. Because I was thinking the same thing. But at the end of the day, it ain't about losing. It's about winning. It's about making it to the semifinals. And then once you're there, once I beat you, Glenn, here's the thing. I thought about this. Once I beat you, it's just one more game. 
and then you're in the finals. That's all it takes. One more game after I beat you. And, you know, I've already, I think I'm on a hot streak. I've had four wins in a row. You're just going to be another stepping stone on my way to what I've been longing for, what I've been deserved over all these years. Quite frankly, I've been screwed out of many opportunities like this, but this is the year. I can feel it in my veins. You better hope. You better hope it is, buddy. Because if I eliminate you in the first round, it's another early exit. You might as well just take your best notes on Jake Fryer and draft the next year. <laughs> all right. Yeah, that's all I really wanted to say. And just to say, you know, it's our fiftieth episode, and you're not here, so we figured you'd call you. Hi, Mason. Hi, Souza. What's up? Nothing. All right, see you later. (laughs) Peace. Later. So that was that. That was the 50th episode of the Stellar Stellar Podcast. Mason, it's been an honor. It's been a journey. Hell yeah, man. Here's to to 50 more episodes. Hell yeah. Kind of funny that um, when this started, I didn't think that we'd be doing it for this long. But, I mean, it's a lot of fun doing it. That's what she said. Got him. Got him. So with that being said, good luck to you in the consolation. Uh, It's going to be fun this week in the playoffs, going up against my best good friend, Matt Souza. Good luck to you against Matt Souza. But ultimately, destiny will arrive. And uh, we will see you next week. Mason, get the fuck out of here. Bye-bye.